Hello, and welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. Today's guest is the champion of animal welfare. As the president and CEO of one of the best-rated charities in America, she leads an organization that certifies the welfare of over one billion animals. They help animal victims of catastrophic disasters and have launched a groundbreaking clinical trial demonstrating the effectiveness of using therapy dogs to help childhood cancer patients. Their Pups for Patriot program provides veterans suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder with specially trained service dogs. Besides leading this amazing charity, she hosts a show about hero dogs on the Hallmark Channel, has her own podcast about loving animals, and is a highly sought-after public speaker. It is an honor for me to welcome Dr. Robin Gansert of American Humane. Oh, Miss D, thank you so much for having me. I couldn't imagine a better place to be this afternoon than spending time with you. Well, you're just amazing with everything that you do, and you've been doing this for so long. The dedication that you give to all of what you're doing is extraordinary. First of all, it's A-rated, which I think is incredible. You've turned this entire uh, organization around and you've de developed these five programs, which I think are really, really interesting. Now, how did you come up? I mean, you've been a CEO and you have a PhD. You have, I mean, so you've been able to combine all of that into making this organization work at its best. Well, you know, I'm first and foremost have to tell you I'm grateful every day to be able to work at American Humane with some of the best people in the entire world who are devoting their lives to saving animals, not just here in our country, but in all parts of the world. And so I get up every day inspired by the team that uh, that spend Works. there yeah. every single day devoted to the protection of animals. So I feel like I have the luckiest job in the world. And But then when I think about it too, Miss D, I think about 140 some years ago, there were a group of committed citizens right who came after the Civil War in this country, and they said, what are we going to do? We're going to create a group that's going to be devoted to compassion, to be the voice for the voiceless. And I look at that group and those presidents and CEOs that started this organization, and then I think about the heavy mantle of responsibility every single day in terms of serving as this organization's CEO. And that inspires me to do more for the animals, inspired me to continue the good fight and be the voice for the voiceless. I think it's amazing. And I, there's so many other charities, but I think yours is, I think, the number one rated in the country, by the way, which I, and I think is wonderful because you did these four programs. I tell our listeners a little bit about how you proceeded with these programs because mm -hmm. there was so much going on with the dogs and the animals and the rescue, and you sort of consolidated in such a clever way Thank and you. compartmentalizing the different issues that are at stake here. So let's talk about that a little bit. Great. Well, I want to tell you that when I started American Humane, which has been nine years ago, can I believe I'm almost going can in my 10th year, which is stunning to me, the best decade of my life, by the way. I have to tell you that I looked at this crown jewel in the humane movement worldwide, and I saw incredible initiatives where American Humane was first to serve animals first to serve animals in the military in terms of working with our military, first to serve in animal rescue before people even knew how to rescue an animal, American Humane defined it, the first to serve farm animals, the first to serve animals in conservation, 
And the first to serve in so many different areas, I think about what our work is, American Humane's first to serve animals. It's unbelievable what you've done. Uh, the farm program is extraordinary on top of everything else that you do, but you say you have auditors. Yes. And explain that to me. Well, when I think about the idea of protecting animals, protecting animals has to be done by verifying and proving that those animals have humane lives. We just can't sit here in gorgeous, sunny Palm Beach, Florida, and say that animal in a farm in Indiana looks pretty good from here and call it a day. That's not how you can do substantive and very important and vital work. So at American Humane, we are known as the largest certifier of animals in working environments all over the world. Farms. Farms, Hollywood. Uh, You know us already through No Animals Were Harmed, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, which is a cool, cool program. But when I think about our farms, uh, when I thought about taking this job, I have a very practical mother. And my mother said, Robin. That's why you're practical. Well, I'm pretty practical. My mother looked at me and she said, you know, there's a lot of cats and dogs, Robin. But I looked it up and there are more farm animals in this country than any other animal. You've got to help the farm animals. So I said, well, Mom, we have a great program. It's American Humane Certified. When I get that job and get started, I'm going to concentrate on farm animals. She said, if you do, you'll be able to know at the end of your time at American Humane when you retire that you will have helped more animals than anyone if you devote time to farm animals. And now today we're almost one billion animals in this, the farm space, that's chickens and, and cows and pigs. And I'm so glad those farm animals have a much better life because American Humane has auditors on the ground in farms and ranches in 48 states. We oversee almost 20,000 farms and ranches every single year. That's and we verify those animals have a humane life. I'm really proud of that program. I know my mother won't eat meat because she thinks of the cruelty to mm-hmm. the cows mm-hmm. and the way they were treated way back in the day, and she's absolutely horrified. She will not eat meat. Well, if those animals have been raised under American Humane Standards, which have been built by world's top scientists like Temple Grandin and Dr. Joy Minch, incredible leading scientists have told American Humane, this is how those farm animals should be raised, humanely. And the word humane would give your mother and my mother and each of us that sense of understanding that those animals, Misty, are given that incredibly important values that we hold true well, and more dear. peace of mind is what I think. Absolutely. And, and uh, I we think certify it, about 95% of cage-free eggs. So if you had a cage-free egg for breakfast, our auditors were on those farms. I'm really proud of that. I, I, you should be. You should mm-hmm. be. Now, you were. what it really was impacting to me was the hurricane in Texas. Oh. We had two terrible ones. That yes. were absolutely devastated at New Orleans, especially as well, because of the bursting of the of the dam and everything else. And you, I cannot believe what you all do with your trucks. I mean, please explain this. It is amazing what you can do with these vehicles. That I really okay. Tell me, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, will, I I love uh, all of our programs at American Humane, but there are times of the year where. We are first to serve communities in times of such horrific disasters that every time I deploy with our teams, our first responders, I'm on our trucks as they're in action, 
not just in times of responding to natural disasters, but also animal cruelty, this is when I cry. This is when I cry. Uh, And I see so much uh, with our teams saving lives. I'll tell you, we have the best rescue group in the country, which is led by a man named Josh Carey. He's the number one swift water rescuer. So when you see the floods come in, I've got a team out there rescuing animals in the floods. And a 50-foot truck, which is completely... I have six 50-foot trucks, which I'm really proud of. They won't let me drive them, Miss D. My (laughs) team won't let me drive our trucks. I don't blame (laughs) you. But I want to drive one of these things. They're amazing. And when you're... Imagine if you were in Moore, Oklahoma, after that devastating EF5 tornado. And if you recall, that tornado killed so many children in that Uh. elementary school. So many animals were just met their end. And what happened in that devastated community after an EF5, the worst imaginable tornado, was they saw our rigs come in. We brought in our big rig. We call her Lucy. She's 81 feet. She's a mobile veterinary hospital. She sleeps 16 of my volunteers, and she is a triage clinic. We brought in Lucy, and then we brought in another 50-foot truck, one of our lowest Pope rescue vehicles from Florida. That drove up to Oklahoma, and I'll tell you, that town felt so good because they knew somebody was going to be able to help their animals. When you've lost everything after a tornado or a hurricane, You can't find your best friend who happens to have four legs and fur. There's nothing better than having our first responders find that animal and reunite them. There's one woman in Moore, Oklahoma. Every time I watch this, because we recorded this in action, Rick Burns, you know, the legendary filmmaker Rick Burns, deployed with us. He had a team. He recorded this. This woman lost her trailer, lost everything. And then what happened, Miss D? She goes up to our rescue teams. They're wearing their blue rescue shirts. She goes up to my friend Manny from Massachusetts. Manny, big, tough guy. Manny. She says, I've got to find my cat. Gray cat, blue eyes. I need my cat. And Manny okay. said, well, where, where was your home? And she said, over here. It's all rubble. He said, I'll find your cat. Manny sets out some traps to find what's a scared and frightened gray kitty with blue eyes. Sees the woman the next day. Goes up to her and says, think I have your cat. The joy in this woman's eyes, face, body. She's jumping for joy. She's crying at the same time. And Manny, my tough rescue responder, Manny, (laughs) breaks down in tears as he reunites her with this gray kitty. How did he find the cat? Manny's been on so many deployments with American Humane Rescue. For 20 years now, one of our first responders, he knows how to find a cat when a cat is hurt or lost in a disaster because they hide under debris. That's right. And they go and try to find with their smell where their their, their mom and dad were, right? These cats and dogs are amazing, and he knows where they hide. So he was able to set some traps and get that cat out. Out. And save that cat and reunite him with with his mother. And that's one of the best stories. But we've got stories after Irma, Katrina, Maria, you name it. Matthew, which devastated North Carolina this fall. Oh, my God. The floodwaters there. I have a little girl from 
here in Palm Beach. Her name's Amber. She's one of my first responders. And my team calls me. How do they me. get there so quickly? It's oh, just... we deploy. When then we know the storm's going to hit, we get our trucks one state away. Wow. And we're ready to be staged instantaneously. We didn't know Matthew was going to have those floods. But we've got Amber. Amber said, can I deploy? I said, absolutely, Amber. But when you deploy, know it's going to change your life forever. She said, I'm ready. I said, I hope you are. My prayers are with you. She deploys to Matthew, and she's riding in one of the boats with my guy, Josh. I told you, the number one swift water rescuer in the country is Josh for animal rescue. She's there with Josh, and they go into a trailer where the trailer is flooded up to, up to your chest, flood waters. They go in because they hear barking. She goes in, and she sees three dogs on top of something. So they go in, they get the three dogs out, And then they realize the three dogs are standing on dog crates that were full of their litter mates. Those other dogs had drowned, being left in their crates. And the three dogs they saved were only saved because they were on top of those dog crates. These are the kinds of things, stories that our rescuers see. And what I'm so proud of is we've got the best people in this entire land volunteering and staffing American Humane Rescue and risking their own lives to save the lives of our best friends. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story because there's so much more awareness now mm-hmm. about animals than before. Yes. And people are actually going to jail if they hurt an animal. Thank if God. You, and thank It's goodness, about time, Miss It is, and it took mm-hmm. so long for people to really pay attention. Now, Florida here is a kingdom of animals yes i love it (laughs) and doggies and Mm -hmm. cats and you know we do have a lot of cats which is a very good thing for the island and they are very well treated Mm -hmm. and they are feral cats and they are fed sometimes by people and they're all um spaded which is really good right and but everybody i know has not just one they have about three or four right and uh it's like a showroom right you just go down the path and you just see the prettiest dogs they even have Dog shows here. I love the costumes. dog shows on Worth Avenue. They're I'm, so much fun. They are hysterical. They've got these mm-hmm. dogs that win best at this and best at that. Mm-hmm. It's hysterical. And the schools are doing it. They bring their animals, whether it's a lizard or a snake or a, yes, it is the. I've never seen anything so. It's, and I mean, we really do pay attention to the animals worldwide. It is becoming a much bigger issue as well, which I didn't realize was. It, it was a slow moving process. I think. And yes. now there's an amazing awareness, especially with your radio show, your five. How many people do you have on your? Well, our social media has about a um, we have over 500,000 followers on social media, which is great. Not enough because we've got to reach more. But I will tell you, I'm so thrilled that our media outreach, our yes. opinion editorials, our op eds that were just in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post. But equally, i purposely get these op-eds placed in the leading Spanish newspapers. The leading papers in Asia covered an incredible uh, press conference that I did in January on on whales and dolphins. And so we we see this as a global, a global crusade. And we have a manifesto that we believe everyone should follow to treat animals humanely. Because if we treat animals humanely, we're better humans. I understand that, but not everybody does. I've no. seen some horror stories. Yes. And people are so good with trying to save these dogs that are lost. Uh, they, it, It's it's heartwarming. You see them on YouTube yes. and different 
uh, uh, things of, of the that, that nature. And people are amazing when they try to fix these little puppies and these big, big dogs, little dogs. It really is irrelevant. That I just think the the whole welfare of these animals and that people really care for them is is incredible. It's all it over is. the country. It now is. you have this wonderful Lois Pope. Tell me, she's wonderful, by the way. Oh, she's a she's a great lover of animals, as you know. I think she has maybe twenty five or thirty dogs now. Oh my lord! She has she has such a giant heart for animals, and she's been one of our champions of compassion. She's funded some of our rescue vehicles. She's been the presenting sponsor for my Hero Dog Awards show, which is every year airs on the incredible channel, the Hallmark Channel. Yes. Kicks off their Christmas season. I don't know if you knew that, but our Hero Dog Awards is actually the the night that kicks off the Christmas uh, movie series for Hallmark. So I'm really proud of that. And we have a... What is a Hero Dog Award? What is a Hero Dog Award? I'm so glad, Miss D, you asked. And first of all, I want to say... Thank you again for your love for animals. I saw photos of your precious pups, your best friends, and I know your heart's giant for animals, too, so thank you for that. You're Um, welcome. Our Hero Dog Awards was something that we created at American Humane nine years ago. And you did. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so happy with the show. Uh, I never thought I would be an executive producer of a TV show, right? I just thought I was going to work to save animals. But Uh, we have to use all methods we can to do this. And um, television is very important. And nine years ago, we said, you know, American Idol so successful. Why don't we do something that's like celebrating working dogs? educating so many people as to what a working dog does, but importantly, make it an American Idol type of contest so that you actually encourage nominations from across our great country in seven different categories of working dogs, police dogs, military dogs, therapy dogs, guide dogs. These are really amazing dogs that make us humans better. They protect us. They serve us in so many ways. But get those local hometown hero dogs nominated and then let America vote, right? So we do all through social media. And you know there's millions of votes cast every single year for these platforms of dogs. We now have voting that continues through May. Then there's semi-finalists announced. Then in July, we go down to the finalists where we get seven oh finalists. Goodness, like a pageant. <laughs> it's incredible. And these dogs tell their stories in their own words. I don't tell their stories. They do. And then social media lights up. And then you see people campaigning for their favorite hero dog, I love it. And then what we do is we take the seven top finalists that America's voted on. We bring them out to Los Angeles and we do what is known as the Oscars for canines. We roll out the red carpet at the home of the Golden Globes, the Beverly Hilton Hotel. That is amazing. And every year it's a sellout, over 700 people. And then we do the red carpet where there's paparazzi. People Magazine comes out, Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, The Today Show. They all come out and cover our Hero Dog Awards. And I'm so proud. Our ninth years right now. Dogs have been nominated. That People are now allowed to vote. You can visit HeroDogAwards.org to vote today. I will How look cool at that. is that? And you get to fall in love with your favorite dog. Last year's winner was Chi-Chi. And what a great hero dog Chi-Chi was. And I'm so proud because of Lois Pope. 
every spring, I bring Hero Dogs to Palm Beach, Florida, where we get to kick off the next year's campaign, but we celebrate last year's winners. And I'm so proud of this So program. what did this dog do that was so special, the one that won the award? Seven semifinalists, all amazing dogs, but Chi-Chi won our 2018 Hero Dog of the Year. Let me tell you about Chi-Chi. <laughs> Chi-Chi was a dog rescued from South Korea, thrown away in the dog meat trade, had its legs bound up, and when it was rescued... The rescuers in South Korea were saving dogs from the dog meat trade and rescued that this dog needed to have its, do- its legs amputated. Oh, no. The dog was brought over to the States, adopted by the most loving family, and the dog was given prosthetics, amazing, created by some loving Americans, created prosthetics, and this dog became a licensed therapy dog and visited children who had lost limbs visited people who had been you know disabled and who needed to have inspiration you see this little therapy dog named chi chi come in and of course chi chi had such a loving personality that it would warm he would warm everybody's heart and chi chi won our 2018 hero dog award because chi chi paid it forward forgave us humans for the cruelty that we inflicted as the human race Forgave us, became a therapy dog, and gave nothing but love. What an amazing story. Don't you love that? Yes. America chose Chi-Chi. I wish I could say I did. I don't. I don't vote. It's America and Maine. We stay. We we step back and let America vote. They're all great dogs, but America chose Chi-Chi. That's unbelievable. Who chooses them to be? So they just, people give them? online. They just put the picture and the story of their dog online, mm-hmm. and people go, "It's amazing!" Mm-hmm. Isn't that wonderful? Millions of votes. I actually tracked it to the presidential campaign cycle in 2016. I wanted to see if dogs in Colorado, if our hero dogs, got more votes than the presidential candidates. Uh, uh, and it, uh, it was kind of funny. There were communities that had more votes for our hero dogs than the presidential candidates. Well, I'm really impressed with the dog. It's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I am so impressed with the dogs that do, that find people, rescue people. Search and rescue dogs are amazing. Amazing. This one that won last year was a search and rescue dog, Ruby. Search and rescue dog, Ruby, found this young man that got lost on a hike. And that young man is now in college. He would never have survived in Rhode Island after this cold night. Uh, he, he would have died. And it's search and rescue dog, Ruby. That found that dog. And, you know, Ruby was a shelter dog. Ruby was actually saved on the front lines of being euthanized in a shelter. Ruby was saved because the shelter director said, this dog's special. Let's see if we can make it a working dog. Ruby was saved, and now Ruby saves people's lives every day in the great state of Rhode Island. It's amazing. What is this? What do you mean, working dogs? I mean, they have to be trained. These are, yes, dogs that are trained. What is the training consist of and for how many years? Well, all working dogs vary. So when I think of a working dog, I think of different categories. One working dog is a therapy dog like Chi-Chi. And those dogs are trained by groups like Pet Partners and those groups. And there's different programs. The dogs have to be tested. Are they good about meeting people? Then there's service dogs. I have my own service dog program I know we're going to talk about called Pups for Patriots. Service dogs are trained six months to a year to be trained for a wounded warrior. 
There's guide dogs for the blind, and that, there are. and those dogs take a year or two of training before they can be released to serve somebody who's blind. There's law enforcement dogs. Those could take a year to train. Military dogs could take a year or two to train. A Navy SEAL dog would take a long time to train. Uh, so these are all dogs who do different things, and we that's why we have seven different categories for working dogs. They're all very special. And is this in one particular place, or it's in... All, they're all... Working dogs are everywhere. No, but I mean where they're trained. They're all different places. All, and different groups. I think you said you had 165 or something. I, for my service dog program, that's yeah. one area where we do train dogs. I don't train for the military. I don't train guide dogs. There are great groups that train therapy dogs. That's not American Humane's work. But I did create a program a couple of years ago because I saw something that really made me upset, Misty. I learned, I learned that 20 ver- veterans serving our country I commit suicide is, every day isn't that unreal? 184 veterans are diagnosed with pts after coming back from service yeah. i see so many threats of war and terrorism around the world oh. and to keep america safe we have to do better by our veterans and our veterans are out there putting themselves on the first on the front line then i know that we euthanize way too many dogs in this country and we're euthanized, like, you know, up to a million dogs a year. What? And these are dogs that need to have a second chance at life. So I saw two, I thought, epidemics. One, too many heroes are killing themselves. And I believe if you give them a service dog, they'll save a life. And we're euthanizing too many great companion animals. So I thought American Humane's got to solve this. So we created Pups for Patriots, the first ever uh, standard for service dogs for wounded warriors created with the leading group of human experts understanding PTS and TBI plus veterinarians plus ethicists plus behaviorists I brought the world's top scientists together and they created the training standard for my Pups or Patriots program and I have a piece of legislation on Capitol Hill right now that would require training for service dogs for wounded warriors to be done under our standards and I'm really proud because now we've got, you know, well over 100 plus service dogs trained under our standards serving wounded warriors. And that's saving lives at both ends of the leash. There was a wonderful story I think I heard about a man who would say brace. He had prosthetics and so sometimes he was losing his balance. Mm-hmm. And all he had to do was say that and the dog would prop him up. Right. It was an amazing story. Yes. These dogs not only allow that human warrior to come back into society, to feel comfortable of going out to the grocery store. What I love is the story of a daughter impacted, a little girl named Bree. Bree is the daughter, this wonderful warrior, served multiple tours of duty in Iraq and Afghanistan, comes home, and he can't relate to his little girl anymore, right? He's impacted by PTS post-traumatic stress he can't go out to her school take her to the grocery store he can't be in normal society and she didn't recognize her daddy anymore she didn't feel like her daddy could love her anymore so we bring brie and her daddy service dog named lexi lexi comes in this incredible giant big, yes. big bundle of love and what lexi did was change that entire family dynamic so not only does the daddy have a reason to get out of bed every day because 
Lexi's going to make sure. Bree now has all barriers with her daddy broken down, and she now loves her daddy because Lexi's made her daddy human again. Made her daddy a man's best friend. Absolutely. And they are so loyal, these animals. They will do anything with their owners. I have a letter that Bree wrote to Lexi, (laughs) thanking the dog for giving her daddy back. It's unbelievable. They're such beautiful stories. Then I heard another one that was so fascinating. Mm -hmm. This little tiny dog is barking, Mm -hmm. and I mean seriously barking. It runs out of a house, barking, 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 running around, trying to have somebody pay attention to this little dog. Finally, somebody pays attention, and they're going, why is this dog barking? Why?" And they kept going, and they kept running in circles. And so finally, they followed. I think somebody called, I don't know, 911 or something. They were like, this dog will not stop barking. There's something. He's trying to tell you something. Right, Right. What is he trying to tell you? So he took these people back to the house where he was, and he showed them the gas leak. He oh. bu- And he smelled it, and the people in the house could have died, and they were amazed that this dog, this tiny little thing, you know how they love to bark? I do. And he f- led them to the source of the gas leak in the house, which could have exploded, that could have killed everybody. You know, I hear these stories of these amazing things dogs oh. do. It's not just dogs. For those cat fans out there, I want to remind everybody of that story where that little boy was about ready to be attacked by a dog and his cat came out and attacked the dog and saved the boy from being bit or or mauled. And so I think that these animals, they know us. They love us. We're their family. They're our family. And they go to astounding lengths because they know no fear to protect and save us. We owe them much more than we give them. Really? Now, sometimes in in the things that you were saying, they get separated from their owners, and you are got a program for reunification. We do. We do. And I, I and that's part of our rescue work, too, and all over the country, you know, which is really important to rescue and reunite. Can I share a story with yes. you? Yes. <laughs> I got so many stories, Miss D. I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I just full We're going to have to do interviews every month. I love it. I love it. So there was this one uh, situation that happened in Houston. Do you remember the hurricanes yes. went through Houston? Yes. And people were evacuating at the last moment because neighborhood after neighborhood were being just overwhelmed with floodwaters. And then our my uh, aunt's house was flooded. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. So this one daddy got the mother in the car. They had multiple beagles. Their senior beagle got disoriented. They're trying to put the kids, kids are screaming in the car, get out now, floodwaters are coming. The senior beagle escaped. So the senior beagle lost and they thought for sure had drowned. We're running a shelter out, uh, outside of Houston. We have over 450 dogs that we have no. found. And this dad comes in with the kid. Very upset. They've lost their home. They have a couple of their beagles, but not the older one. The dad's heartbroken because he couldn't get everything organized where they're trying to evacuate. He's about in tears. The kids have clearly been crying. Come in and said, well, I've lost a senior beagle, blah, blah, blah. My team says, well, we've got 450 dogs. Let's just go look. Wow. They walk up and down those lines in this big, big shelter that we had built, we had created, and third row there's that senior beagle they says this it and they open up the crate they say the dog's name the dog comes jumping into the kid's arms the dad breaks down in tears 
that's a rescue story. And that family was made whole again because we found that senior beagle. But there's other types of rescue stories, too. And I want to get to our military program. Yes. Because it's so important. Our battle buddies. I think about these men and women serving overseas, and they are the ones working with the dogs. And the dogs, these military dogs, are true heroes. They're the first lines of defense. They're clearing battlefields. They're clearing air airports. And minefields. They get minefields. to sniff them out. They it's sniff un- it, and they save so many lives. Yes. 150 to 200 lives are estimated per one military dog on a deployment, which to me means more moms and dads coming home from war. More sisters and brothers, more sons and daughters because of what these military dogs do. And at the end of a military dog service, these dogs need a home. And they can be left overseas. Why, at the end, oh, because they just can't keep going back. They get retired. They have to be retired. Oh. And so what American Humane is committed to doing is every single battle buddy team we're committing to reuniting. So if the dog is served in Iraq and Afghanistan with a with with the sergeant, yeah. we want to make sure that that sergeant, you know, for example, you know, Brent Gromit, Sergeant Gromit, we want to make sure that MWD Maddie, his dog, can be reunited with him. And to this day, I have reunited 54 war dogs with their human battle buddies, including two right before the Christmas holidays and uh, from Korea, which is amazing. They'd served in Korea. And these dogs were reunited in this great state of Florida, one out in Kissimmee. I'm so proud of that, where his human partner, his battle buddy, his sergeant, had retired and offered that dog, uh, that military dog, a forever loving home. It's amazing because he was his best friend. Saved now, his what, life. How old, what age do you start training these dogs? Military dogs are trained as soon as they possibly can in a whole host of programs. There's several different types of military working yeah. dogs. Some are police dogs trained very differently. Then there might be search, the sniffing dogs, the bomb detection dogs that's trained differently. And so you see different breeds are in are used by the military. The bomb sniffing dogs can be a whole host of breeds, lots of labs. Uh, you see them. You see them in uh, the TSA facilities. Those are the sniffing dogs. A police dog is usually a shepherd. A Belgian Malinois is usually what Navy SEALs use because they're compact shepherds. They can That's carry right. them on their shoulders. Can I tell you a story about Cairo? My you, sister lives there. Oh, this the dog Cairo. Oh, the dog. I, 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 no, but I love that's great though. You used to live in Cairo. We need to talk about that after the show. Um, Cairo, do you remember Osama bin Laden and the Navy SEAL team that took down Osama bin Laden? Yes. Well, MWD Cairo was part of that Navy Six, Navy SEAL team six that took out Osama bin Laden. And when wow. Cairo retired, was with the Navy SEAL family, and that family called and said, Cairo's sick. Can you help us with medical bills? And I'm so proud, Miss D, that we paid for Cairo's medical bills in his last days. In fact, I'm committed. American Humane will be the VA for all military working dogs in their retirement. If a military working dog's retired, American Humane will make sure that that dog has lifetime veterinary care. And that's thanks to our generous donors who make this possible. It's amazing. Because our government doesn't cover it. After no, they're retired, terrible? they don't. It's up to whoever whoever has agreed to adopt that dog. They're responsible 
and I want to make sure it's a military family, and those families don't have the resources to pay for such expensive and extraordinary medical care that some of these military working dogs require. A treatment could be fifteen to $20,000. So I want to make sure that we cover it. Can because we those do dogs, something through the legislation, through... I've tried, and I don't think our Congress is going to fund retired working dogs, but I know there's great Americans who will and know that if they're interested in funding, American Humane is committed to dollar-for-dollar covering all retired military working dog care. What a lovely story. I mean, you do, because of your rating and because of everything you've done, you give 92, out of every dollar, 92 cents goes right into those programs. We're a lean, mean machine, Misty. Yes, it's it's (laughs) unheard. We, uh, you know, I've been in the social good space for my entire career, and my greatest blessing, of course, has been able to be with American Humane. But I know it's very important to, in a role as CEO, is to run an organization that's effective and efficient because mm-hmm. you're doing you're doing great work to make the world better on donor dollars. And I think we owe our donors that kind of accountability. So we do run a very effective and efficient charity where 92 cents of every dollar goes right to programs. That's extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I think you had an award for like the best... We are A-rated on, on, on Charity Watch. We're yeah. four stars on Charity Navigator. Gold Earned Guide Star and Consumer Reports just rate us one of the best charities to, to donate to. And I'm really proud of that. And that's made possible because our staff is so hardworking. And I believe for every staff member I have, they're working like three staff members in other organizations. I guess I shouldn't say that out loud. They're going to come ask me for more. No, but, <laughs> but it's but true. But it's, it's, we roll up our sleeves and we do a lot and. And people will joke. They say, well, Robin, you work all the time. I'm like, well, I can't work. There's not enough hours in the day to do no, the kind of work No, you are do. amazing. I oh, know. It's uh, our team. You're, I, you're like, I'm going to call you the Energizer Bunny, which yeah. I think I said before, because you're all over. You're going to China. You're going here. I mean, I don't know how you just carry on like this. This is well, just amazing 24-hour-a-day job. Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's the mission that requires that kind of dedication and diligence. And if there was ever a day I didn't think I could do it, then it would be time for me to step aside and let somebody do it. I'm but I leave, for, I leave for China on Monday. And I want to tell you, when I look at our work at American Humane, important strides for veterans, important strides for rescue, important strides in the farm, important strides in Hollywood, Yes, Hollywood. That's wonderful. I heard one of your podcasts. Yes, yes. About the fellow who was training these dogs to do these amazing tricks and everything. Yes. You never think about that. And these dogs get trained to do these incredible things on television and and movies and the movie sets. Yes. Wonderful stories. When When people ask me, so tell me, who was American Humane? I said, you know American Humane because you've seen us in the movies. On TV, on movies. We are no animals were harmed. And we've been, no animals were harmed for over 80 years. We've been working in, in Hollywood. And Hollywood today is everywhere. It's around the globe. Films are being made everywhere. And wherever an animal is on a film production, American Humane needs to be there. And thanks to our Hollywood relationships with SAG-AFTRA, we're now, and we've been uh, on sets around the world ensuring those animal stars are safe. And I have licensed veterinarians licensed medical doctors protecting those animals on the set. And I always joke now, not really funny, but it's true. It's safer to be an animal on a movie set than it is to be a woman. 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't yeah. want to be a stunt person because no, you never know what. That's right. Gonna... That's right. But it's really safe to be an animal because our people are making sure that those animals are protected. They were wonderful movies, Benji and all that. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wow! Great, great movies. We've worked with Disney now for eighty years. I'm so honored to have that long-standing partnership with Disney uh, and all major studios who produce animals movies and now Amazon and now Netflix. We're working with both of those groups that now are big in film and television. Yes, and they really are. Their stars. Too. And so we're so honored to do that work. And Lassie, remember? Yes. Um, you know, it's so funny. Do you remember um, uh, way back in the day and well before any of us were even even thought of on, on, on this great earth, there was a dog named Rin Tin Tin. Yes. An American you may have been working with Ren Tin Tin way back when. And the 13th generation of Ren Tin Tin, I introduced to the legend Mickey Rooney. And Mickey Rooney came on my very first Hero Dog Awards. And he talked about Ren Tin Tin. And I'm so proud that before that great legend Mickey Rooney passed, I was able to meet him. I was able to bring together oh. the 13th generation of Ren Tin Tin because he loved Ren Tin Tin. Oh, and it, it was, was wonderful. Yeah, Ren Tin Tin was known as the dog that saved Warner Brothers. And Mickey Rooney said it wasn't me that saved Warner Brothers. It was Ren Tin Tin. Oh, great stories back of old Hollywood. And it really is Shirley McLean's one of our great champions. Peter Fonda, because his daddy, Henry Fonda, was so much a champion for American Humane in Hollywood. Steven Spielberg today, all the major directors, John Turtletop. We're so blessed and honored to work with these incredible leaders who want to put their vision on film. But they want to protect animals because they go home every night to their best friends who have four legs and fur. And so they do right by their animals because they partner with us at American Humane. That's so wonderful. Now, your ambassadors are also amazing. You've got some serious stars on those. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, the names of all these people that are your ambassadors, and they sort of help spread the word around, I would they believe. They do. They do. So I created our ambassador program yes, when I started at American Humane because we had all these great supporters. We had Shirley MacLaine. We had Betty That's White, right. who'd been with us for generations. And so I just asked these incredible people to help serve our cause in a way that they would feel comfortable and be their hometown champions of compassion, whether that hometown was Beverly Hills or Palm Beach, Florida, or, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, wherever these people were, they had done extraordinary works for our mission. I wanted to recognize them as a national ambassador. We have many right here in this beautiful community you of do. Palm Beach. So fortunate to have so many national ambassadors here. Uh, and they serve as our voice in a whole host of different communities from the military communities to the celebrity communities to transportation communities to just the philanthropy community and these people serve our mission in very special ways well i'm going to be an ambassador too but we're going to sign you up today yes there you go and i i that's how i found out about you being having some friends of mine who are ambassadors who said you've got to go to this yes and i was absolutely impressed I was yes. totally impressed i think we have a joint friend in alex donner yes and the donner family sponsored one of our rescue trucks in oklahoma and I'm so proud of our relationship with the Donner family. And Victoria family. Gray is also, oh, I mean, there's yes. so many people. Wonderful people. That are amazing with this organization in terms of ambassadors. And yes. I think that's such a great idea. Thank you. It's about empowering people to own our mission. And our mission isn't something that my staff could do every day alone. No, no, we need everyone's eyes and ears and most importantly, their hearts. 
tied to what we do so we can do more and we can do it better. It's unbelievable. I'm in love with the Hero Award dog thing. Thank you. I have never heard of anything so cool in my entire life. Again, I think you had something to do with it. I do love our Hero Dog Awards, and I can't wait because, again, voting continues through the summer. Oh, my goodness. And then I want you to join me October 5th in Los Angeles. Be my guest at the Hero Dog Awards. I'd love to have you at the Beverly Hilton. Be on the red carpet with me, but most importantly, be on with those seven finalists. You'll fall in love seven times over. We have lots of other celebrities that would come and join you on the red carpet, and these are people who love animals so much. Come be with us. I know you'd love it, and I know they'd love to see you in Hollywood again. What a hoot. Yes, come. Wonderful. Do we have to wear a ball gown? Absolutely. (laughs) Are you serious? Yes, it's it's a black tie event. It's like the Oscars, but it's the Oscars for the canines, and it's so much fun. I think that is unbelievably cool. Sold-out crowd every year, and every year we have about 150 to 200 veterans in the room, and they come to pay tribute to the military working dog. I wow. met a pilot at that party. We had a party here in Palm Beach. Yes, yes. and I went to it, and yes. I met this amazing pilot. I was yeah. so, first of all, I'm in awe of people who fly planes. Yes, yes, I am too. Because just the focus, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. He was such a nice man, covered with medals, yeah. unbelievable, charming, retired, obviously. But he was, I, I couldn't stop talking to him about what he had done for his country. and uh, right. It, it was, it, it's phenomenal, and that's how I find out about the Humane. Yes, about American Humane. I tell you, we're so lucky that we have so many champions, and in the military and veterans communities, because they see our work, you know, from rescue. Our rescue program was founded, Miss D, on the battlefield of World War One. World War One, nineteen sixty. Also, the horses. Remember? Yes, we were actually when if you they saw Steven so Spielberg's guys. movie yes. War Horse, which we of course yes. on the set protecting because we've worked with Mr. Spielberg yes. for years. Uh, but Mr. Spielberg said, "I so loved American Humane because the backstory of War Horse was American Humane. We were the ones that were asked by the U.S. Secretary of War to go overseas before U.S. boys went overseas in trench warfare. It was our volunteers and our veterinarians." And we cared for, in this massive volunteer effort, 68,000 war horses a month. Oh. 5.1 million horses died in World War One. And nobody ever really thinks this. No, that. no. We're so concerned about the people, we don't really pay attention to the fact these animals yes, died too. Yeah. Horrific deaths, just like their human soldiers and and you know service members. And so when I think about World War One, it was the Secretary of War that asked American Humane to serve, to be first to serve to rescue. And he said to the president at the time, my predecessor, Dr. William Stillman, I have a copy of this letter from our archives. I keep it. He said, I'm going to name American Humane the Red Cross for Animals. I need you to go overseas and serve. And we did. Really? Pretty powerful. But you can't be on the field of the war. I mean, we were, our volunteers were with those war horses. Really? Yes. When they, they could have gotten killed. I know. I know. I just, I sit there and I think about all of these various stories in our history and our lore of American Humane. And it inspires me today to face these issues that we see with cruelty for animals, with abuse, with, you know, the challenges on farms and ranches, with zoos and aquariums. And I think we have to continue to think about what people did in 1916. Our volunteers in 1916 went to war to help the animals. And I think about what we do today. 
it's about, uh, it's a lot of dedication, but I'm so honored by the legacy of the people that served this mission in the past. So also when you mentioned the zoos and everything else, yes. how is your involvement with all of this, aquariums and things of that nature and, you know, SeaWorld and, and, and the San Diego, which has this most beautiful facility facility for animals and it's absolutely beautiful well i want to share with you when i was exploring where american humane needs to be where we need to be for the next generation of animals and people and people animals in the world we share i have seen the studies that have come out over the past eight years talking about the sixth mass extinction where more than 70% of species that exist on the earth today will be wiped out in the next 20 years. So that means my children's children will not be raised on an earth that has the species that you and I have been able to see and enjoy and learn. It's terrible. And it's human. It's all due to us humans. We have done such a horrible job. And I believe when I'm seeing these horrific statistics that that's a moral imperative for us to serve and to find a meaningful solution. So I studied the space, and I realized very quickly that animals in human care are necessary to keep species alive. I've always said, can't protect what you don't love. You can't love what you don't know. That brought me back to a story. Beautifully what, said. I, I love that. It, it's so so. It defines my life right now. can't protect what you don't love. You can't love what you don't know. And I thought about what I've exposed my kids to. And I had a, uh, my youngest is a boy. When he went to kindergarten his first day, they always at that school made business cards. And kids would come home and say to their parents, their proud parents, this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. Oh. And most of them were doctors or firefighters or teachers or whatever. And I said, so, Robert, what are you going to be? Comes home. He's so proud of his laminated business card. Shows it to me. He said, Mom, I'm going to be a dolphin trainer. Oh. I'm like, a dolphin trainer? He said, nobody in my class thought about that. And I love dolphins. And I said, wow. And when I met with leaders of the zoo and aquarium world just a few years ago, my son is now... 19. So this is fast forward, uh, you know, you know, 14 years later. Uh, actually, it was like a decade later. I was meeting with the zoos and aquarium leaders, and I said, guys, you've got the sixth mass extinction. We're losing species like the beautiful vaquita dolphin. 15 left today. Only 15. We're losing the Chinese white dolphin, which is incredible. We're losing so many species on this earth. I know. And I said, my son told me when he was five, he wants to be a dolphin trainer. If we don't do better by uplifting and defining what the modern zoo is and uplifting standards of care in zoos and aquariums to ensure that those animals are treated humanely, we're not going to be able to save species. And my son will never be able to be a dolphin trainer because there won't be a dolphin left. And all of a sudden, this group stood up and said, we want American Humane to certify us. We want you to define the gold standards of care for animals in human care. And then we want to take this around the world. And I'm so proud today that the world's top zoos and aquariums are now certified by American Humane just two years later after that call to action. We created a program. Now the world's top zoos are certified by us. And that's why I'm going to China to work with some of the top zoos in Asia to ensure that they uplift their standards of care, those species can be protected and saved from extinction. 
in modern zoos. I know, but the the humans are taking over their space. There's no nature left. So we have to deal with that and we have to save species. So we have to find meaningful and systemic change solutions. And everybody has to see that movie, Our Planet, very important on HBO. No, Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. Now tell me, because I think you're divine, and I think everything that you've told us has really given us a very great overlook Mm -hmm. on all of the things that you all do. Now, Mm -hmm. how can people get involved, donate, find you, but I found you first? (laughs) How can they do and help as volunteers? What can they do? Well, I want everyone listening today and to share with their friends as well to visit our website, AmericanHumane.org. You will see a host of our programs there. But follow us on social media, at American Humane is certainly where to find us, on Facebook, on Twitter, on any of the Instagram platforms as well. Find us at American Humane. But you can also find me, I'm on Twitter, at American, excuse me, at Robin Gansert. That's at R-O-B-I-N-G-A-N-Z-E-R-T. So follow me on Twitter if you want to know where I'm at. I post great photos of my own dog, Daisy, but I also post photos of what's on my mind with animals. So outside of what's on the American Humane platform, if you want to know what worries me in the middle of the night, see my Twitter feed because you'll see what I was reading at midnight that really made me upset about animals or made me very happy about animals. So you can follow me on Twitter at Robin Gansert. Well, I think that's wonderful. Now, where is your residence? Because you're all over the place. I am all over the place, but I'm so proud now to be a Florida resident. But I also keep a home in Washington, D.C. Because that is the center of world power. And if I'm going to be anywhere, I've got to be really influencing legislation and public policy beginning in Washington, D.C. I'll tell you, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Berlin and I presented to their parliament. I've been to Brussels and presented at the EU and I presented in the Italian parliament. These issues are global. How we treat animals are global. And everywhere I go, I say this again, can't protect what you don't love. You can't love what you don't know. You are so inspiring, and you've done so much. I mean, you look like you're 19 years old. Oh, thank you. I can't (laughs) believe you're like, you have a son. It's amazing, and I'm sure they love the animals as well, and they've learned. You You have to teach your children to respect that sort of thing. Absolutely. And you you have to teach by your compassion and your respect for animals, and it goes, and it works with the children. My son had a dog. He was absolutely madly in love with his dog. He was with him for 15, 16 years. It was the, uh, the pleasure of it. That dog was the love of his life. He cried for I don't know how long. Before I came to uh, to do your show today, I spoke to my oldest daughter who lives in Atlanta. She had had a little uh, medical issue for a couple of weeks, and she said she spent a lot of time at home with her cat, Rosebud. Aww. And her cat, Rosebud, is a rescue cat. Great story there. But I love the bond between Rosebud and my oldest daughter. My middle daughter has a great dog named Chaz that hurts her best friend. My son has dogs and cats that are his best friends. And oh my. I just think that when we raise our children, when we raise any young people mm-hmm. with animals in their lives, it makes us all better humans. It makes our communities better, makes our homes better, but indeed it makes America better. And a lot of now a lot of the, sh- the shelters are doing a great job. Peggy Adams here is doing I a very good Peggy job. Adams. I mean, that place looks like a hotel. It's fabulous. It's wonderful. I know. They've got this and the grass and the toys. And everybody goes to get rescue dogs now in this day and age. But what I really am pleased with is the fact that they're shutting down the puppy mills. Oh, my goodness gracious. I am so 
angry when I had to deploy to another puppy mill. We just went to one in Washington State. The police called us. They said, Robin, we've got a situation, 200 dogs. Can you come? Well, we get there, it's 400 dogs. There were multiple trailers crammed full of puppies and their breeding dogs, the moms and the dads. The most horrific, horrific conditions. We have to shut down puppy mills. Equally, though, we have to make sure that we understand that shelters play such an important role. Uh, It's so important. And I also understand there are people who do need breed-specific dogs, you know, who need hypoallergenic, who love like a cocker spaniel, who love their pug or love a German shepherd. So I believe in American Humane's committed to helping uplift standards of care for breeders so that those that choose to breed responsibly have a path forward so those animals can be humanely raised too. I agree. We've got to solve it all. It's very complex. Puppy meals, meals, shut them down today. And there's so many of them that have been. They're horrible. They are horrible. The mothers must be sick. They're bred. They make me cry. They make me cry. It's terrible. But our awareness now is is global, my friend. So we are getting somewhere through all of the, the efforts of the ambassadors of your your group of all the awareness for animals today, I think there's, we're going to make it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It starts in our own backyard. Absolutely. But it goes then global. So just know if you join forces with America Humane, we're going global. Let's do it together. Absolutely. And look, good luck on your trip. Oh, for one, that's you. making me nervous. That's a what is it, twenty-two hours? I flight? don't even want to add up the hours. Yeah, you don't even want to know. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll sleep on the plane. We, oh, then, as goodness. soon as we land, we get up the next morning. We start at eight a.m. and we start with oh, some my God, incredible Robert. dolphins and some incredible. Oh, I have a favorite walrus over there that I just love. I gave you a photo album yes, of a picture of that walrus. I love that creature. I've got some great, great. How many there. of you are going? We'll have a group, a delegation of about 12 of us going. Wow. And leading scientists, they're coming from Europe. They're coming from Asia. They're all flying in and North America. We're all flying in. And we're going to do some incredible work. And I'm so proud uh, of this team. I'm so proud of these scientists. I'm so proud of these volunteers that do our first responders. I'm so proud of the staff at American Humane. It's wonderful. It's just a great group. Well, congratulations. You're brilliant. You're lovely. You are so dedicated to your work. I am so impressed. And it's such an honor to have you here on my show. And uh, please be safe. Please. Thank you, Misty. And thank you for allowing us to share this message of compassion today with your listeners. So proud to know you. Me too. So as I say, when we say goodbye, lead us not into temptation. We can find it ourselves. Have a great day and take care of your dogs. God bless.